Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey everybody, it's Chief Marks and thanks for joining. I'm here with Jeremy Bilski. Jeremy is a financial services leader. He's the Senior Director and General, General Manager at Advanced Partners, which is a Paychex company. Uh, and Jeremy is speaking to me from Cleveland. Jeremy, uh, hey, first of all, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, pleasure to be here, Gene. So, uh, okay, so let's first of all talk about you and Advanced Partners, just so our audience can, can get to know this. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the company does. Sure. Uh, for nearly 25 years, it'll actually be 25 years next spring, we have been providing services primarily to the temporary staffing industry or businesses that are some iteration thereof, primarily providing capital, so a funding line, um, back office services if needed, inclusive of, of uh, invoice preparation, payroll processing, a full suite of credit and risk-related services. So. Uh, collection management, running running credit checks on perspective or, or current clients that the staffing firm might be operating with, and then and then a bevy of strategic services. Uh, with us being in the industry for such a long time, we we've learned a thing or two along the way about staffing, and we've become a, a, not just a thought leader but a trusted partner and advisor to our clients. I get calls frequently folks calling me up and saying, hey, thinking about an exit strategy or I'm thinking about opening a new office or expanding in, in a certain market, what, what do you think? First of all, I'm, I'm flattered that they even think enough to even want to talk to me about that. But it's, it's exciting because having dealt with so many different situations and firms over the course of nearly 25 years, we're, we're qualified to have those conversations and offer our support and guidance and uh, hopefully help them make the right decision so they can... Uh, you know, keep the trains running on time and continue to grow their business. That's great. So, um, so your customers, your end customers, the people that you're serving are staffing companies. Is that correct? That's correct. Correct. So the advice that you're, that you give when you talk about, you know, the industry, do you, do you find yourself talking in your job, you know, more so to the, the staffing company industry or to business owners that are interested in using staffing companies? The former. So uh, we we're definitely interested and would love to have conversations with with companies that want to use staffing. But that's one that's one step removed from us because our clients that we're signing up are are the the staffing firms themselves. So the providers of the labor to the the that next layer that you you refer to as the 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 uh, the user or beneficiary of uh, of of the labor. Uh, of the staffing firm or whatever services they're providing. Good. And the staffing companies themselves, you mentioned about, you know, temporary. I just want to also just confirm, like, so are, are most of your, your clients, do they provide temporary only? Do they provide full-time, you know, services like recruiting or a combination of the two? There, there's a nice sprinkling of, of everything. Um, I would say the vast majority of them do mostly temporary, but it's, it's sort of built around attempt to hire model. You know, to kind of try it before you buy it. Uh, in terms of getting comfortable, perhaps with with the individual or individuals that they've recruited for you, get them settled, get them settled into the the you know the work site. And if if they stick, uh, maybe you hire that person on full time. So it's one of the challenges that that staffing firms have 
obviously, I'm sure we're going to talk about the current labor environment and how how tight it is. But they're constantly their inventory is people, um, and when they when they send a, a, a an individual to a work site um, and they they get hired, they're losing that inventory. I, I know I don't I don't mean to be callous and refer to people in that manner, but to a staffing firm. That's what drives their their revenue. The the people that they can, the human capital that they can place in these in these places. So, so the model is sort of built towards the temp to hire. If you if Gene Mark shows up and after ninety days he's doing a great job, love to hire him uh, full time. And generally after that ninety day period, the 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 user of the labor, the the beneficiary is not required to pay a fee because they've already exhausted their their minimum hours requirement. Um, but then just to fully answer the question, many, many firms do um, some direct hire, so permanent placement or or or, or a little bit of both. Um, and it's it's nice to have it's nice to have a little bit of both because the the, the temporary staffing, it's also known as contract. Uh, that's a little more that's a little steadier. You know, you know that you can anticipate I'll have 10 people working 40 hours a week for, you know, that's 400 hours for a 13 week assignment. Good. We can kind of put that on the board as, is projected revenue. I, I just got to find the people and, and place them. And then, and then you maybe you pick up uh, an order for a, a direct hire, a permanent placement opportunity, you know, maybe paying a 20% commission for the first year salary. And that's, that's a nice way to, um, that's a nice way to pick up some additional revenue as well. And some, some firms do only that. Um, and it's, it's great, it's great, but they're, they're both prone to cycles and, and ebbs and flows. And, um, and I, I would say the, the significant portion of the, of the market does a little bit of both. Just, it's a nice hedge. Um, and before we, we get into the actual industry itself, the, um, you mentioned there's, you know, you know, permanent placements, there's temporary workers as well. Do many staffing companies, um, also staff independent contractors or freelancers, or is that usually... Tell me about that. They 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 do uh, they do, and it's actually it's advantageous for a staffing agency to do that for for a number of reasons. Um, not the least of which is there's actually less liability for this that that staffing firm because because they're not W two full time employees. Um, they don't they don't they don't carry the 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 insurance risk. Right. Uh, they also don't, and they don't they don't hit your unemployment. Uh, your unemployment experience either. So they, it's, it's an interesting way to go about it. And we actually see it quite a bit in the IT space because these are, are, these are seasoned professionals on assignments, sort of their own boss doing, doing jobs at the behest of, or maybe following a work order or a SOW type scenario. Uh, It's less liability for the staffing firm because that person leaves. They're not, you don't have to, you don't have to do an un, uh, you don't have to go through unemployment claims. You also don't have the insurance risk. So maybe not the best example for an IT professional. They're not going to. They're not driving forklifts and you know running he- heavy machinery. But regardless, the, whatever risk that is brought to bear by um, that that independent contractor working for you, it's it's borne by them because they're they're effectively self employed. So. The, the, we do see that a lot, and it, it's it's a it's a it's a solid niche, no doubt. And I'm see, I'm, I'm assuming it's growing as well. I mean, I, I, the reason why I asked, like in mid August, I wrote a piece for the, the Hill 
Um, and it got, you know, a lot of response because the uh, I was contending that uh, the Department of Labor and the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, need to readdress how they're defining employment now because we've had 10 million new startup applications filed in 2020 and 2021, another on track for another 5 million in 2022. A lot of them are freelancers and independent contractors and side gig people. It just seems like a tremendous opportunity for the staffing industry if they, you know, because these people are always, they're looking for work as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And actually there was a, a article, um, maybe you saw it. I think it may have been from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, if not, it was another, another governmental outfit talking about the number of, uh, the number of folks that are working multiple jobs. Um, so particularly in the gig space and technically staffing probably does qualify as being in the, in the gig space. Uh, and I, I believe specific to staffing, I want to say it was 46% of, of temporary staffing workers had, had more than one job, um, which, which is something that we look closely at. I'm constantly looking at that, that monthly jobs report, obviously the, the country as a whole, but then the the staffing market, because I referred to inventory a few minutes ago, that's the inventory for our clients. So we want that number to be as high as possible. And I'm wondering if at times that number can be inflated because maybe, maybe Gene Marks is working two, two gigs yeah. and, and you show up as, as, as uh, two different employees making up the 3.2 million in total temporary, um, temporary labor workers. I don't, I haven't cracked that code yet. I don't know the answer to that question, but it's definitely something, it's definitely something to look at um, because that's, that's an important number for, for us and our clients, because that's, that defines, this is the available talent that's out there to go fill those jobs and put wins on the board. It's funny. And I was zeroing in on that, that you're right. It's an important number. And, and I was zeroing on the, the jolts, uh, you know, you know, formula that, that the Bureau of Labor Statistics put out, which is basically saying job openings, and, um, you know, those job openings, I, I truly believe that a lot of them right now are being filled by freelancers and independent contractors. You know, I, I think people left their jobs and left a job opening. Uh, you've got you've got employers that are still kind of act, they're, they're looking for a replacement. But I don't know, many of my clients, uh, they might have a job opening for a quality assurance person or whatever. But at the same time, they've hired a freelancer or a contractor to kind of fill in the gap. Sometimes it was a former employee who's now just a 1099 right. person. All of that stuff sure. is opportunities, I think, for a, a staffing firm. You know what I mean? Oh, mo- most definitely, mo- most definitely, and 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 the uh, the the highly successful firms, especially especially in the IT space, where you're you're trying to find you know that purple unicorn in terms of maybe a skill set that that can uh, that can be amenable to a, a particular type of job. Mm-hmm. Getting that getting those those contractors multiple times. Uh, is a it's a huge win for them yeah. because you already know their qualifications because they're already in your database and you they've had success and now you know that they you can place them quicker uh, and speed is everything. Yep. It it's it's not just filling the orders; it's how fast, how quickly can you fill them? Um, obviously, quality quality is a given, but can you can you answer the bell quick enough that um, the order is going to be you know it's still going to be there. Um, the orders are are still there, generally speaking, now because it's so hard to find people. But that's what builds goodwill with, with clients of staffing firms. Yeah, you, you came through in the clutch for me when I needed that that, you know, that special person for that job. You know, that's that's how you get re- repeat of business, and the and the best operators are are the ones that are are hitting all all cylinders there. 
It's just been, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if this has been a good year for staffing firms or a terrible year for staffing firms. You know, on the one hand, you've got this historical labor shortage and every one of my clients, you know, you ask anybody, they're always looking for good people. Um, I kind of imagine staffing firms have the same issue. But then again, you know, if you're a staffing firm and that's what you specialize in, hopefully if you're good at your job, you, you find those people and it's a super opportunity to serve all those businesses that I know that, that need, you know, need human capital. So what is the answer to that? Is it, has this been a good year for the staffing industry or has it been a terrible year? So, so far it's been a very good year. It's not been as great of a year as last year, but last year, many industries can say the same thing from last year to this year, just because the, 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 the rate of growth in 2021 was probably something that we'll, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. I kind of hope we don't because it was brought to bear by something terrible that happened the year before. Um, but it's still been a very it's still been a very good year. The total U.S. staffing industry is, is expected to grow from 160 billion last year to 180 that 185 this year, which is obviously it's tremendous growth. Uh, I talk to our clients all the time and I ask them, "How are you feeling about things?" Because I know within within our own business how hard it is to find talent, and that's what they do for a living. Yeah. And um, you know, how do you deal with that? And uh, I've had several several longstanding successful clients say, "You know what? We've never been more relevant than we are now because there are there's just you have 10 million open p- positions and and a, a labor force that's smaller than it was two years ago. So." So there's a scarcity of people, and when we can come through for them, um, they keep calling and they keep calling and they keep calling. And we, the staffing firm, we're better we're better at finding talent, generally speaking, than than the recruiting departments in in companies. That's it's what they do. That's their that's their business. And they find they find people. So so from a relevance perspective, um, it's been it's been great. Uh, they've staffing firms have also benefited. Um, from, I, I'm going to say long overdue wage inflation, um, or maybe I'm not going to, I'm not going to use inflation because that's sort of a dirty word right now. Um, I'm going to say right sizing because there were, there was, there was an adjustment and I, I'm not even, I, I guess I suppose some of it refers to normalization of wages uh, akin to minimum, minimum wage, but temp staffing has always lagged behind um, the, 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 uh, the market in 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 terms of wages so so there was there's been a nice catch up there um and f- staffing firms now are that that bill on a on a markup basis it's a markup of wages they're benefiting from that because they're they have they have slightly larger margins than they otherwise have, otherwise would have had um they have plenty of expenses and you know dealing with lots of overhang from the from the pandemic but um it's uh it's that's certainly helping things. Is that going to drive growth into the future? Is there going to be another um, massive upward movement in wages? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think it's I think they're going to hold, um, and we're seeing we're seeing them hold in most industries, except for a couple where um, medical got a little got a little crazy just because of everything that was happening at the height of the pandemic. So that that was bound to come come back down to normal. Probably a good thing, but. Generally speaking, across the industries that that our clients serve, which are are many, um, we're we're seeing them hang in pretty strong, which is good. 
How has remote working and working from home impacted the staffing industry? Uh, that's a, that's, that is a great question. Um, you might be surprised by my answer. Not a whole lot. Um, so what happened was most of, well, let me back up for a second. Most staffing firms that we deal with are small to midsize, mom and pop and, you know, and larger, um, they have they have a an off a, a storefront in a shopping center, you know, with with the need for walk-in traffic, filling out filling out uh, applications, paperwork, drug screenings, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty hands on, pretty pretty hands-on environment. So when when the music stopped in the spring of twenty, and um, and then at the earliest possible date, you know, it varied from state to state, but generally speaking. Um, companies were able to return to their space by May, uh, they were all, they were all moving quickly. Actually, I, many of them never left because they were deemed essential. Uh, and they were, uh, especially in certain industries that they were serving. So, um, that's a long winded way of saying that generally speaking, the pandemic did not affect their day to day. Um, what it did help them with. And I think that this is why I've said this amongst our team many times, there's been so many enlightening moments that we've all got to experience, um, maybe not under the best of circumstances the last two and a half years, but the, the use of technology uh, by firms that were not doing it before, uh, it, it's, a, it's a different game right now. And the, the, the necessity to leverage technology has never been, never been greater, um, particularly in, in connecting with the available workforce. There's, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of apps out there. Uh, that can communicate with with the the potential base of people, the uh, candidate base that can respond to jobs. Um, that's certainly going stronger. It's def- it, certainly stronger than it was pre-pandemic, and it was already going in that direction. But just the general mindset has has shifted. I think that I think that the industry has become uh, much more sophisticated. Uh, that's not to say it was unsophisticated before, but um, the less paper, more electronic, that that's, it's a, it's, that's been more of the mindset. And I think that's been one of the great byproducts of the, of the, of the pandemic, but not to be contradictory, but still having that physical presence, still, still having people pounding the pavement out on the, you know, in, in these storefronts, um, welcoming people in um, and, and, and the like. So lots of what was happening before, but, but, I would say better because there's a lot of tools out there that can um, that they can leverage that maybe they weren't thinking about before, but had to out of necessity. So, Jeremy, um, I, I want to move on to like funding and financing questions that I have. But before I even do that, um, I, I didn't ask you at the very beginning of the conversation. Like, how long have you been in this industry yourself personally? So I, I'm in my 19th year with with advanced partners. Um, so I it, it, just a little while. Um, and uh you know, I, I've seen a couple of recessions and, um, you know, quite a bit. So it, I, I, that's why I get excited when people want to ask me what I think about a situation. Cause I, you know, I I've lived through, I've lived through quite a bit and, but I've lo- the bulk of what I've learned have been from our clients. They, they're the ones who've taught me everything I know. You're, you're taking away my question. Cause that's exactly where I was leaning is you've been in the business for 19 years. You've dealt with, you know, a zillion different clients. 
I, I'm just, you know, for, for the people that are listening or watching that are running staffing companies or senior management and staffing companies, I'm kind of, I'd love to hear from you, like, you know, have you, what clients have you run across? You don't have to name names that have just really impressed you, you know, that you're like, man, these guys really got their act together. They are really running a good, you know, a good staff. They are running it like I would run a staffing company after being 19 years in this business. And I'm curious, what what are they doing, you know, to impress you, you know? That's a great question. Um, they're doing a couple of things. Uh, first of all, they're they're personally resilient. Um, they have the right, they have the, they have the, the fortitude to, to, to handle the highs and lows, which I, I, you probably need in every industry, but staffing, staffing, the, the moniker with staffing is in an, in an economic downturn, staffing is the first to go. And it's usually the, one of the first things to come back, um, you know, with, with a few exceptions. So you have to be, you have to go sort of headfirst in the deep end, um, knowing, knowing that's going to be the case. Um, that's sort of the, you know, you got to have that. That's the bedrock. You need to find a niche that, that you can, you can support. Um, and, and particularly on the higher end of the spectrum, it's, it's frequently relationship driven. So, which I know speaks to a lot of different service industries. Our, our business is the same way you, you, you build relationships and then, and then they expand and, and, and cross pollinate into other opportunities and, and that's 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 a key thing, but within all of that, really finding that niche that 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 makes sense. Um, niche that, meaning that, niche meaning like an industry or a region or you know a size it, of a company. It, 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 it can be both. It can it can be both. Um, a, a special a special need in a given area. Um, for example, maybe there's a maybe there's a, a there's a, a group of factories that need a special type of technician that um, that that you're adept at finding um, and bringing them, bringing them to the forefront. Uh, and I'm not suggesting putting, you never want to put all your eggs in one basket, but use that as sort of the, as the appetizer to then expand into other, other types of skilled, skilled areas. And it doesn't have to be skilled. We have plenty of clients that are, that are on the uh, on lesser skilled. I don't want to say unskilled because there's, I don't believe in unskilled. There's no such thing in my opinion as unskilled. Everyone has skills. It's just maybe, maybe not, some of the professional qualifications, but I think finding, finding that right niche and, um, and being open to diversify, but don't diversify just for the sake of diversification, because we've seen that happen a few times too. You know, everyone thinks, Oh, you know, medical staffing is it's recession proof. Maybe probably it's, it's an essential. We all need it, but you got to know what you're doing. If you don't know, if you don't know the space, you know, you're, you're not going to, you won't even get to the point where your competitors can eat your lunch because you won't even be deemed a competitor. So, so having, having the um, making sure that you have the right people on your team that know, that know the space, if you know it yourself, great, go with it. But if not, you need to get the horses in there that, that know the space. They understand, they understand what the buying needs are of the, of the, the users of the labor. And then they also understand the the audience of uh, of of staff who you're going to find to fill these positions you got to be able to connect those dots and if you can't do that you're not in the right you're not in the right space so the successful ones have mastered all of those things and typically gone on and done 
gotten into other other staffing verticals or related subsets because it's sort of, you know, you're already in the door. You're already providing electricians. Well, can you find welders? Yeah, I can find welders. I can find, you know, pipe fitters. I can find all kinds of things that are sort of, you know, on the spectrum. And that's how it, that, you know, you're, before you know it, you're an expert in an area that maybe you didn't know that much about two years ago, but, you know, you've learned it. So that's, that's a common, that's a common course of success that we've seen. I am talking with Jeremy Bilski. Jeremy is the senior director and general manager at Advanced Partners, a paychecks company. And let, let's move this conversation, Jeremy, a little bit to um, just you know, overall financing for the, you know, and, and funding options for uh, people that are in the staffing business. So I'll start with this question. Um, negative cash flow. Give me your thoughts. Well, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> Staffing is a negative cash flow business because typically speaking, the the staffing firm that is responsible for paying the temps pays them on a weekly basis or biweekly, but in some frequency ahead of when their cash receipts come in. So you send out 10 people to work, you pay them, you invoice for them, you send out the invoice to the client, 30-day terms, great. Well, in the intervening period, you have three more payrolls to do before you get, you get paid on that first invoice. And um, sometimes you could be a victim of your own success. And they say, you know what? These people are great. I want to I take it from five people to 10 people. So it's, but I, and I need them t- next week. Well, I'm not getting paid until day 30. And that's for, that's for the first invoice, which is small. So it can form this sort of compounding um, spiral that's caused only because of your success in, in, in growing. Um, and you got to keep up rule. Number one, the most important thing for a staffing firm is you have to make payroll. If you don't make payroll, then you're not going to be, you're not going to be doing it for very long. You, your, your, your temps will walk out and lots of other not so great things will happen. So in order to, in order to manage that growth cycle, uh, you have to have, you have to be capitalized properly the traditional route is through bank financing, and if if you're able to get it and get get a a, a line of credit or a, a term loan or what have you that gives you the capacity that you can you can handle those ebbs and flows or maybe some delayed collections or quick growth, great. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. Banks banks like to start small. I'm not, I'm not knocking banks. Banks are great, but they will typically start a little more conservatively, and you need to kind of earn your stripes um, and and they're a little more particular about about who they're going to do business with, um, you know, from a, a experience and personal standpoint, and um, which opens the door for firms like ours that are are focused on all of those things that I just mentioned, but then a variety of other things, including the credit strength of the clientele that you're service you're serving. Ultimately, that is the that's where the risk ultimately lies because if they pay those bills at day thirty or forty five or whenever it is, then everything. Everything should fall into place because then you start that 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 cash flow cycle where money is coming in, and um, you know you can kind of catch your breath and say, okay, um, let's move on to the next one, and you know this one's sort of sort of steady. But the cash flow need never arises because it, it's a little Groundhog Day esque. Payrolls every week. You gotta you gotta meet those demands. You gotta you gotta make sure the temps are getting paid. So it can be difficult. Not impossible, but difficult to operate in in uh, in in the banking world, um, which which is why we have a business. Right. 
Your business itself provides that kind of financing. Um, and you just just a couple comments on what you said. Um, the staffing industry is investing in people in advance before they get paid, which is not unlike you know other companies that make products where they're paying for materials and labor to build those products before they sell them. Um, or even other service firms that do like my company, you know, we do services and we have projects that are ongoing. It depends on how you bill. Like we get we get paid in advance before we start even working. And that's not that common in the, you know, in the staffing industry. Right. Um, so it's that, so it's a particular challenge for the staffing industry. And then here you also have an industry as well that there's no bricks and mortar around you. You know, it's not like you've got inventory to collateralize your property and equipment or whatever. It's, right. It's human capital is like you said, you know, you know, when we were speaking earlier about, you know, that's your inventory. So let me ask you about what, how you guys do deals. Like, you know, what kind of typically um, collateral, if, if you do ask for from a potential borrower of yours? Um, tell me a little bit about that, because that's always a concern among somebody that's going to borrow money. Sure. So so we we are set up to be a purchaser of accounts receivables. We're so we're not we're not a, we're not a lender, and our clients are not a borrower. Obviously, there's some similarities, but um, we are set up again to buy their accounts receivable that they that they present to us each week. Um, we look at the we look at the credit quality of the the obligor, the party that's responsible for paying those those accounts receivable, um, because we want to get paid, obviously. Um, that's that's probably uh, it's it's probably the number one data point that we're most concerned with uh, on an ongoing basis because you can you can filter out some of the other noise such as the the firm is the staffing firm is lacking experience um, you know maybe they, they they're to start up and they've only been around for you know six months it's not something that we overlook it's important but they're coming to us because they don't have that established history. And they and they just landed a they just landed a big deal where they're going to be they're going to be billing General Motors a hundred thousand dollars a week, and GMs because they're General Motors doesn't have to they're they're going to have extended payment terms because they can. I'm not knocking GM. It's just it's welcome to the world of dealing with Fortune one thousand companies. It just it just it just is. They can do it, and that's how it is. So so we look at the we look at the credit quality of the General Motors of the world. And say you know that's that's a that's a comfortable place for us and we 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 set a credit limit that is akin to where you know obviously gm would not be a problem but that that falls in line with what the client's needs are going to be and and they can they can continue to grow with that that client so let me interrupt if i if i can so you're right that you would be looking at the credit worthiness of the the end user the customer like the gm um, so, you know, GM, you know, you're right, most likely wouldn't be a problem, but it would be a problem if the actual staffing company was not doing a good job providing their services. And then GM is like, you know, we've got the money to pay you, but we're not because we're not happy or satisfied. Who's, you know, in, in your relationship with your with your clients, who's kind of on the hook then? And what, you know, what advice do you have for your clients to make sure that doesn't happen, you know? Yeah, so so it's it's a great question. And it doesn't happen that often, but it, it does happen where there's a dispute maybe about the quality of service. And um, it's a, it's an inherent risk to our, our business. And it's one that it's one that if it's a quality issue of that nature, the, cl the client has to bear that risk and they're ultimately responsible um, for, you know, cleaning it up and, and making sure that we're, we're left. Okay. Um, but 
it, it fortunately doesn't happen too often. And it, it relates to another, another pillar that we look at. We, we are fixated on the client of, of ours. The, so the staffing firm that we're bringing on, what type of staffing experience do they have? What, what's the, we talked earlier about the, having that, that team of people that can, that can drive success. Some of that is just inherent knowledge of, of how it works. Have they, have they been there before? Um, what is yeah. their process they, for bringing on workers as well, temp? You know what I mean? You know, oh, sure. Right? Huge. Yes. Right? And, and, and the operational side, they need to understand, you know, that the ebbs and flows, you know, you got to collect the time each week and get that, get that submitted, you know, and make, and make sure that it's approved by the, by the end customer. And because if it's not approved, then it's not going to get paid. You know, there's, there's just a litany of things that need to, need to happen. And, um, we don't intend for this to be, you know, sort of boot camp where they learn on the fly. Everyone's, we're all learning every day, but we are looking for people that have, have been there before, or at least have worked at a firm where, you know, it's very frequent. Someone will come to us and say, I've been, I've been making someone else a lot of money for the last decade running their staffing business and have, I have no equity. I want, now it's my turn. Um, great. Those are the best calls we get because they're going to hit the ground running. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, and we can, you know, we can help them get there. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about average days to pay. Why do you feel that that is such an important metric? Would you say that's the most important metric that when you look at your clients and their uh, customers? It's definitely important. Um, I get, I get fixated more on changes to that. Why, why did the number change? So if, if it's, if it's hovering around 40, say, why did it go to 45? Is that what, what's the problem there? Is it, is it because there's an issue with getting, getting the, the invoices to the client? Is there, is there a credit quality issue that we need to be concerned about? Is, is the, is the responsible party, the end customer, um, are they having financial problems? Are, 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 is there been something goofy going on with their, their payment habits? Are they maybe short paying or skipping payments or, or what have you? It's, it's, it's the changes that are most concerning, you know, obviously you have to set that baseline of expectation. And it's, if it, if a client has 30 day terms, it might not be till day 40 that you, you see payment because, you know, checks in the mail, you know, you know how the cliche goes, but there's, there's approval process. I'm not, I'm not belittling, you know, people that are making the payments. It's just, um, if they're paying by check, it takes a couple of days longer, or maybe they send the check on a Thursday and you get the weekend in the middle, you know, it could it could delay things. So, really understanding why it went from forty to forty five that's that's really the key element, and that's what our people are really adept at at, at diving in and figuring out. And it may not be a concern at all. It, it might be it might be a okay. There's nothing wrong here. It's just you know sort of ebbs and flows, or maybe there's something seasonal. Um, just drilling into the data and asking as many questions as you possibly can. That's really those are the keys of of figuring out and and not losing sight of, you know, managing that risk. Got it. So when it comes to average days to pay, really, I mean, it's not, you know, it's just you're looking at the delta. You're looking at when things change because uh, that's what raises the red flag in your mind. And that should, if, again, if you're running a staffing company, that should be the red flag that they'd be looking at as well. Whether or not you're involved or not, that's just, right. you know, that's how, what, how you manage, um, you know, how you manage receivables. 
Jeremy, let me talk about like sort of like the, the whole um, the whole food chain of financing options. You know, I mean, you know, if I was running a staffing company, my best and most affordable and cheapest option is just a, if I've got the cash sitting in the bank and I don't need you or any other financing, that's obviously the best scenario around. But it's not necessarily the most practical scenario that's around. Um, you've got traditional banks, which probably offer the lowest interest rates if you can get those loans and there's challenges to doing that. And then you've got, you know, all the way to financing on a credit card or using some online lenders, which really charge some very steep interest rate. Where do you guys fall? Where does advanced partners fall in that chain of it from a cost perspective? And where, you know, and then how do you justify that cost? Like what, what, what value do you bring to your clients? Sure. It's a great question. So, so in terms of the numbers, we're 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 somewhere between bank financing and and the credit card space slash merchant cash advance. We're 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 somewhere in the middle, and it 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 varies. It varies again based on the credit quality of the of the clientele being served, the the size of the staffing firm, um, etc. But it, it there there are there's some variability variability to that based on um, you know just the different data points that we, that we, we take a look at. Um, and, and what, one of the ways that we justify um, a higher price than a bank, for example, is there's, there's several um, capacity. Obviously you're not going to, you're not going to be as hampered from a growth perspective because um, it's not to say that there, you're never going to run into a cap, but it's going to be rare and it's going to be based on things that, you know well ahead of time and it's not it's not um something that can't be modified based on further diligence and conversation so you know you're not gonna you're unlikely to get a call from us saying we can't support this this project anymore um and the only alternative you're gonna have we don't tell you this but the firm will will have to come to the conclusion i have to pull my temps because i can't i'm not going to be able to make payroll if, if you know if they're not going to fund this anymore it doesn't happen very often and if it does usually there's there's a reason for it, um, but it's the other. It's the other. The other elements that that are that can be outsourced to a firm like ours. Cash application and research. It's become a huge problem in this space, especially in the last ten to twelve years, where so many of the the um, so many of the billings that staffing firms have to submit go through vendor management systems, VMS platforms, where it's it's uh, it's it's a challenge. It's 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 a challenge. It's it's very well tied into serving the needs of the the buyer, the user of the labor, and not really as concerned about the um, how the supplier deals with it. it it's 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 really the the pendulum is definitely that direction. So we have a, literally an army of people that that spend their their days researching payments and trying to apply and maintain accurate records. Because if you don't, if you're not running a clean AR uh, aging report, that you if the music stops, you could be left holding the bag and not knowing you might, you might think you're owed $50,000 and you actually owe them 20 because they've, they've taken credit. So that's a perverse example. But again, this is an outsource function that, that we assist with um, that and the overall credit support uh, and collection support as needed if, if a client so chooses. And then there, there's the additional bolt on if they're interested in the payroll processing and invoicing too. So that that's another piece of the puzzle that might all of the things I just mentioned here could potentially limit 
or limit or eliminate overhead that the staffing firm has to bear because they've outsourced some of these functions uh, to us. So it's a it's a it's a trade off, um, and, and it's really a matter of you know where where your focus wants to be. Um, I, I say a lot a lot of times to our clients, I'm, not because I'm trying to sell them a service they don't need, but just just kind of encapsulating what we do as compared to what they do. You know, the more you get from us allows you to focus on on sales and marketing, which is probably your passion anyway. Um, some of the less sexy parts of the business, the operational pieces and 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 the like, um, you know, it's a little less exciting. It, you're not you're not going to get as excited about that as you are landing a five million dollar opportunity that you that you've been working for three years. This frees you up to do that. Yeah, I learned my lesson to that uh, very early in the days. I mean, I used to be involved in collecting from clients on projects, and then I just it was giving me angina. And I, you know, I handed that over to my bookkeeper. I never hear about it unless it's a problem, you know, which it rarely is. And that way I just don't see Cause then that way I can focus on what I do best and let, that's what she does best. And she has the right temperament for it. And I, I, I think that, that, that makes complete sense. All right. Just a couple more questions for you and I'll leave you go. Um, you know, sure. we're in a rising, you know, we're in an era right now of rising interest rates. Um, tell me how that's impacting your business and your clients and what, you know, a staffing firm that wants to do business with you should know. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely an interesting time um, for everyone given the the rising rate environment, uh, and we actually have um, we have a number of clients that their pricing with us is 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 tied to that, um, which is which is um, pretty common. It's common in the in in our in our space, um, and then we have others that have you know. Called fixed pricing, where it's not tied to ebbs and flows in the um, in the in the in the market. And I'm getting I'm getting asked more people want to want to lock in, so to speak, at those fixed rates because you know the the writing's on the wall that we can see that rates are are going up. There's there's no question there's no question that we're not done yet. I, I think we all know that. So it it's uh it's definitely it's definitely made negotiating a little bit more interesting. But you know there's I'm I'm confident that um, when the dust settles, I don't know when I don't have a crystal ball, that that the the borrowing rates, um, you know, the Fed is going to probably come back to where it was. Maybe I don't know if it's going to I don't know if it's going to settle in with the prime rate, for example, being at three and a quarter like it was for over a decade um, coming out of the Great Recession. But I I think it's going to be bumpy for the next couple of years and there's just no avoiding it. But Maybe it's not as long as as people are anticipating, but it's definitely it's definitely um, I would say it's definitely making it a, a, a different conversation that we're having now with with prospects in particular that um, that are talking to banks because banks are not gonna they're not gonna give you a fixed rate. Um, I, I, they want a mortgage, but not on a not on a line of credit. Um, so it's it could it could present some opportunity, but you know. I think it's going to yo-yo. So I, th- I think, you know, there might be some, you know, upside today and downside tomorrow. It'll, it should all even itself out. But it, it, at the end of the day, the, the most pressing need is that these firms are, are well capitalized and they have, they have what they need. I'm not saying that obviously cost is extremely important, very, very important, but um, it, 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 winning is more important than having the capital to do it. 
I agree. And my take on that as well, just for, as an accountant's point of view, is that um, if you if you know your math, um, you can you can build in any rate increases in you know the fees that you're charging to your clients across the board. So even if you know an interest rate has gone up a, a basis point, um, if you spread that among your entire client base, and maybe you're in, you know instead of charging you know twenty six dollars an hour for somebody, it's twenty six dollars and thirty cents an hour. You know, it's unlikely that your customers are going to really balk at that. And yet when you do it across the board, it makes up for the increase in, 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 in those rates, right? Absolutely. And, and quick point on that. Um, there's been, a, there's been a, a major push the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 months from our clients to, to increase their, their markups uh, because of inflation, because of rising wages, you know, additional costs. And I'm hopeful that some of those increases will will you know br- brace them for maybe paying a little bit more um, for their their financing wh- wherever they are. Um, and in, and there's probably opportunities for additional increases. We're not done with this rising inflation environment too. And um, where where customers were not re- not receptive uh, to raising ha- having the staffing staffing firm raise their rates a couple years ago. They're they're way more flexible now. They need the people so badly right now. They're 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 less likely to say no, and they know that the the struggle is real given the the economic situation, tightening margins because of inflation. So um, hopefully some of that can offset some of the increased financing costs. Yeah, I agree. And it's been ten to fifteen years since you really had the opportunity to really raise rates anyway. So there is a little bit of catch up involved. And a lot of corporations are doing that right now. Um, I mean, I just it was just just recently there was reported that. You know, corporate margins, the Fortune 500 companies are at the highest level that they've seen in the past 60 years. And I think that's because a lot of larger corporations are increasing costs even more, increasing their prices even more than what their cost increases have been because they know they can get away with it. And they are they're kind of making up for lost time. So their margins right. are, are, are that much. And, you know, even your smaller firms, if you're running a smaller staffing agency, you should be keeping that in mind. It's math. And I think it'd be passed down. So, Jeremy, so we're, we're pretty much out of time. Before I let you go, just, you know, again, you're speaking to people running staffing businesses. They're, you know, they're in this industry. You've been doing this for 19 years. You know, little crystal ball, little looking forward. I'm just, you know, you know, what advice do you have for, you know, for those of us that, that are in that service industry um, to kind of keep your head in the game and, you know, continue to manage your business, you know, profitably over the next year or so? My advice is... As talked about earlier, there are 10 million open jobs in this country as of right now, maybe 10 and a half. I know it's fluctuating, was as high as 11.3. As long as that, as long as the the delta between that and the available labor force is anything near that, I don't don't know what the the meaningful number is to hit bottom. It was a million five before before the pandemic. So it was already, there was already, we were already in a tight labor market. I know there's plenty of recession talk. Um, I, I think this recession might redefine what a recession is. Cause I don't, I don't think that you're going to have a, a big unemployment number with all these open positions. My, my advice is it's, it's a great time to be in the business because, because of that relevance we talked about earlier, because it's so hard to find people. And, and there's so many other f- factors that key into the fact that that's, this is not going to change. It, it may never change. It, I, you know, never is a long time, but Declining birth rates, immigration challenges, um, retiring workforce, fewer people working in general. There's there's a lot of things that go to why 
why companies need staffing firms. So um, if if you can find the people, um, which is always the hardest part, you're going to be successful. I'm confident of that. And that's why I'm, I'm, I think the industry is in, in really good shape. Um, and I, I think it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some bumps, but I think it's going to be, it's a good time to be there. Uh, the growth is there and there's a ton of opportunity. Jeremy Bilski is Senior Director and General Manager at Advanced Partners, a Paychex company. Jeremy, um, hey, this is a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. I had a lot of fun. As did I, Gene. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, everybody, you've been listening to Paychex Thrive Podcast. My name is Gene March. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any advice or you would like to suggest guests or comments for us, please visit us at payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. That's P-A-Y-X dot M-E forward slash Thrive Topics. Thanks again for listening. Hope you got some good information here. We will see you again soon. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.